Alright, well, I mean, let's, before we get into it, let's just straight up okay. go out and say it, huh? Um, this episode is gonna have some mentions of animal abuse. Oh, yeah. Um, some, quite a, also quite a few. racism, I Racism, think. sexism. <laughs> it has all the things. It's got the, th it's all the things, so, uh. Unfortunately, yeah, it was the era. <laughs> let's roll the intro. This time, and they present to you awards of the Academy this year. All right. I, I am E, and I am D. Uh, we haven't even. We have. We have not even. No. I. Okay, <laughs> My okay, God. Okay. I'm just ready to get into it. I know. It, okay? I know how excited you are, but. <laughs> Let's start with hello and welcome back to I'd Like to Thank My Wife, the podcast where we go through every single Academy Award for Best Picture nominee, starting all the way back in 1929 at the first Academy Awards and taking us all the way up to present day. Now you can do your thing. Hello, <laughs> I am E, Tijo's co-host. Hello, I am Tijo, I'm E's co-host. And today we arrive in the year of 1931, 1931. finally, at after, last. Two years after in the forever 1930, yeah. <laughs> two all episodes, crazy. We made it. Um, so yes, welcome to the fourth Academy Awards. They're, they're surprisingly not that eventful. Um, Shit. Yeah, they were held on November 10th, 1931 by the uh, Academy of Motion Pictures, awarding films released between August 1st, 1930 and July 31st, 1931. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a couple interesting little, uh, little facts here. Um, I'm going to start with the Academy Awards themselves. Uh, mm. We have one change in the awards, which is that they've, okay. uh, they've split best writing back up. We're we're back onto best original uh, right. story and best adaptation. Okay. <laughs> I mean, makes more sense to me. It really does. But also, <clears throat> interesting fact: uh, best original story. So the the you know not adaptation is the mm -hmm. um, n none of none of our movies have been nominated for that. Oh, not a single movie got a best original writing nomination from the movies we're watching. I'm not gonna lie, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beyond that, the cinematography, the art direction, not all that interesting. Sound recording, they've changed from movies being nominated for that to just whole studios being nominated for best sound department or sound recording. Okay. Uh, so Paramount Public Studio, MGM Studio, RKO Radio Studio, and Samuel Goldwyn were all nominated as like y y entire um, good sound things rather than yeah yeah. Then we go into the best actor and the best actress uh, because these these are actually a little interesting. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna start with uh, Marie Dressler, uh, who is our best actress winner. There's a few other people in this this category that are interesting. First of all, Norma Shearer, who we know and is very famous. <laughs> yes, uh, is indeed very famous. She was uh, well, you know, the first five-time Academy Award acting nominee. Uh, mm -hmm. So you know she's uh, she's 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 going, yeah. And then there's Irene Dunn, who we know from this year. I'm going to talk about her more when we get to her movie. She's in Chimaron, um, okay, which yeah. she didn't win for, uh, but she is an interesting one to name really quickly. And Anne Harding was also nominated, 
Not for the movie we watched her in, though. Mm-hmm. We watched her in East Lynn, and she was nominated for Holiday, which is a completely different movie. And then there's mm-hmm. Marlene Dietrich, who I've no cl- she is she is really really famous, and yet I don't think I've ever seen no any movie she's in. Okay, check. Yeah, but the 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 interesting one I want to focus on is the winner today is Marie Dressler. She is a fascinating person. She was a stage and screen actress, comedian, and she was sort of like you know uh, film star in the early silent film uh, era. Um, and she actually she she starred in the first full length film comedy. Uh, with, oh shit! With, yeah, with Charlie Chaplin and Mabel Normand. This woman was shit. big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, tragedy the wor- strikes. World War One happens, and the yeah, 19, tragedy strikes. The nineteen twenties <laughs> happen, and this woman, as people tend to do, uh, this woman gets old. And in the 1920s, her career just nosedives. Uh, she is reduced to living on her savings while she's sharing an apartment with her friend. Like, this woman went from the t- <laughs> from the top oh, of the bunk to the bottom man. of the heap. Not to, you know, quote High School Musical 3 here, but... <laughs> but she came back. She came back indeed. In 1927, she returns to films at the age of 59... And fucking, she takes off. Um, Obviously. She takes off massively, plays a performance in a comedy film called Mint and Bill, wins the Academy Award this year, and three years later, dies of cancer. Oh, no. But I'm, I'm glad she won, at least. She, oh, she yeah. She did not win for anything we watched, right? Not for anything we watched, no. But this okay, woman's okay. life is just up and down. Ups and, and downs. Like, from the highest ups to the lowest downs. Yeah. Jesus it Christ. It is crazy um so yeah very very fascinating then on the other side we have the best actor now a lot of these people mm. eh, sure uh, one of them was nominated for royal Fram- family uh, of broadway one of them was nominated for the front page um mm. there's one whose name i'm not gonna say yet again i'm gonna he's from chimaron um but i Ooh, mystery not really it's just a oh. really <laughs> i really like his name so i want to save oh. that for chimaron okay. um then there's jackie cooper who is the nine-year-old who played skippy in skippy he got oh he's i think we mentioned like a few episodes back that there once was a like a kid nominated that this yeah. is this is the this one. is this is the nine-year-old yes i um, see i see i see the the youngest nominee at this moment in fact th- th- for nearly 50 years he remained the youngest nominee uh and still to this day remains the second youngest nominee and the only best actor nominee under age 18 as well um during Damn. yeah, during the ceremony, he fell asleep on the shoulder of Marie Dressler, the woman who oh. won Best Actress. Uh, so when oh. she was announced at the winner, they had to take him off and 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 put him onto his mother's lap. Oh, that's so sweet. It's I kind of get it. Like he had the main role in that movie, but we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to we that. Get to Skippy, I guess, um, but... Yeah, and then we have our Best Actor winner, who I really really want to mention is Lionel Barrymore, who also really big name. Uh, we might know mm-hmm. him from It's a Wonderful Life uh, or from the Dr. Kildare films. But uh, what he's, in the context of this podcast, most important for is that he won Best Actor this year, meaning that he is the first person 
to be nominated for uh, multiple categories. He was nominated for Best Director Ooh. at the Second Academy Awards, and now uh, for Best, Best Actor. Best Actor. Yes. Interesting. He was also the only Best Actor winner born in the 1870s. Again, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-huh. We're yep. way back. So, yeah. It's, Anything, uh, like, before 1900 sounds ancient. S- sounds ancient. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Um... That's pretty much all I have about the uh, the awards themselves uh, mm-hmm. and the the sort of general surrounding thing. So I think we should just uh, we can we can head right right into the into the movies. Here. Into the movies, okay. Let's yeah. go. Which one do we start with? I think Chimaron. We start with Chimaron. Yes. Do you want to summarize? Um, yeah, it's quite a lot. <laughs> it's quite a lot because this it movie is. stretches a lot of years, like decades. Yeah, um, um, it's it uh, spans 40 years from 1889 to 1929. Yeah, so I, I mean, to be fair, I would have to look up the names of the events because it is like centered around... The Oklahoma land rush. Exactly, yes. thank you. So there's this space, space, yeah, in, space in Oklahoma that gets freed like the government says you can we we start new building here you can go in and you can claim land and then you can do things there so there's this kind of date set for that where everyone kind of runs up on their horses uh, rides their horses into the land and chooses patches of land to do their thing on um and our main character yancy well main character one of the main characters yancy tries to take a bit of land but is bested by a woman who leaves him in a ditch basically yeah pretty much <laughs> she she falls off her horse and uh he tries to help and then she uh, rides away with his horse at back home he has a wife and he's like okay this didn't work out but we're still gonna move to oklahoma and um he takes his wife with him and uh their child as well and then there in oklahoma he starts a newspaper and there the story kind of starts mostly i'd say and it yeah. just kind of starts being about his marriage uh, to this woman, which is kind of complicated because he tends to leave a lot. He likes adventure. He's, he says from the beginning, I haven't stayed in a place for more than five years ever. And at the start, she just kind of shrugs that up. And then eventually she kind of finds out that that means he is going to just leave at random points in time and not come back for God knows how long. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's also, it sort of starts becoming these sort of like, it's it's more of a vignette thing, right? It's a bit more like, mm. oh, the, a little bit happens here. And then, you know, we skip a few years and another thing happens yeah. and we skip a few years and another thing happens. And about halfway yeah. through the, the movie sort of switches perspective. It's not really about him, but it's, it's more about his wife and like, yes. you know, how she's dealing with everything. Um, I feel that the central point is kind of the marriage, but also very much the political situation go like around the Oklahoma. Yeah, um, absolutely. State. I, I really also like that the uh, you know the wife, you, you, she makes that sort of political arc. She she's mm-hmm. vehemently anti Native American at first, and then. As she sort of, you know, she I think at some point she becomes like the the first female member of Congress. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, at that point, you know, her son is dating a Native American woman. And you see that she as a person has sort of grown and, and you know, now accepts yeah. and even like sort of champions the Native American people. And it's a very, I don't know, it's a very interesting look at, I guess, the politics of the time and the politics of that whole 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, of course, it's hard to say. I haven't done the research, so it's hard to say how accurate it was. But it, I feel like I learned something watching this uh, history. Well, twice. as as it is my job, I have done the research a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fairly accurate, uh, surprisingly. Okay. What essentially the land rush was, was um, it was... So this is where we talk about, you know... Um colonization right because that's essentially what it was uh, it, it was you know it 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 was land that had originally been assigned to the creek and seminole peoples um mm-hmm. native american people who you know owned that land uh and then at some point they decided you know what just take it Un- unassigned we're gonna we're gonna open it up for people to claim let's go right yeah there was right, two right, million right. acres available that's about eight thousand square kilometers mm-hmm. uh, and about fifty thousand people were lined up at the start uh doing that which is also that that really impressive scene at the beginning with all oh the, yeah the, super the impressive. and the horses just to explain it as like so many so many people and so many horses i don't know how they orchestrated that that seems like one hell of a job. <laughs> oh yeah, it 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 was insane. It mm. um it was done right at the start of filming in the summer of 1930 at Jasmine Quinn Ranch in California, uh, and it took more than 28 cameramen, a bunch of camera assistants oh. and photographers, uh, and 5,000 costumed extras, covered wagons, buckboard oh, series, and bicyclists. Oh my god! Absolutely crazy to the point where this was so incredibly iconic that when they remade the movie they they made this like they made it shot for shot those scenes because th- that that mm. was crazy yeah, yeah 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 absolutely imagine i don't know if actually i don't know if they had like first ad's back in back in the day but imagine being a first ad on that oh, oh that would be <laughs> incredible but also the stress cry oh my god just cry <laughs> Um. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of fun facts on this one. I'm gonna start with the with the with the very 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 surface level ones, which is of course mm. our lead actors. Um, our lead actor, I, I'd say our lead actor is definitely Irene mm-hmm. Dunn, the the woman who plays Sabra. Yeah. Sabra. Sabra. Yeah, Sabra. I think she. This movie launched her career. And when I say launched her career, I mean launched her career. Uh, From from here on out, she was uh, nominated four more times for an Academy Award. Damn. uh, Starring in 42 movies. Uh, She's never going to win one. Oh. Yeah, she's considered one of the finest actresses to have never won an Academy Award. But she is going to be nominated for four more. And we're going to be watching two of those as well. Yeah, she is going to be coming back from here on out. Uh, and then there's our leading man. Uh, he was he was born as Ernst Carlton Brimmer, but then mm-hmm. he chose. <laughs> it's, oh no! It's such an incredibly immature thing, oh, right? No. He chose stage name Richard Dix. Oh no! Now, th- not only haha, his last name is Dix. That's. Richard, that's Dick Dix. Wait, uh, why? R- Richard is shortened to Dick, usually. Oh, it is. I oh, why would you do that? Why? So this man chose the name Dick Dix. Um, 
Now, to be fair, he was a fascinating character. According to uh, Movies Magazine, July 1934, he has a ranch near Hollywood, or had a ranch near Hollywood, uh, kept a close mm-hmm. secret, like the location of it, uh, where he raised not only thousands of chickens and turkeys each year, uh, he also had a self, self-labeled self collection of 36 dogs. No. Yep. He also, I mean... he also read at least five books a week. Um... He adopted a daughter called Sarah Sue, which is a perfectly fine, normal mm-hmm. name. Uh, mm-hmm. He also had twin boys, one of which he named Robert, Robert Dix. That, you know, the last name is unfortunate, but that's a perfectly fine name. The other one he named Dick Dix Jr. I... Oh, oh my God. It keeps getting... I, my brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. F- fascinating man. Uh, Robert Dix. Truly. Robert Dix went on on to become uh, an actor of his own right, um, who I believe we are indeed gonna come across a couple of times, but I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Dick Dix Jr. We have no clue. I've I've I I didn't I don't know what he ended up doing with his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, regretting it probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So on. yeah, that that that's our um. That's our main actress. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting movie. It's it is. It's one of those movies that at the time was you know very very highly rated, and now people look at it and go, oh, oh, that's bad. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's well, mostly that's because of the you know racism, um, mm-hmm. and also just the fact that the the storytelling. Hang on, I think the wording. Yeah, the wording here is scattershot storytelling, which I absolutely okay. agree with. It does not tell necessarily a cohesive no. story. It's more of sort of like a... Well, it's vignettes with the common theme of, of, you know, that political era there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the marriage is kind of a red line, but I see what they mean for sure. Yeah. Now, this movie was made by RKO, and they knew that this was going to be an absolute fucking hit and i don't mean a little bit of a hit i mean a massive hit they gave this movie a budget of 1.433 million i'm not holy shit yeah i'm not sure exactly what that translates to no in, but for the time but for that's the time that's a insane. fuckload of money um not only did they do that they also purchased 89 acres in california to construct the entire uh, town that's a that's a oh, real set God. On top of that, because, you know, this is not enough, they paid $125,000 for the film rights to the novel, because it's based on a uh, mm-hmm. novel. Um, they spent a bunch of money on uh, visual effects because all these characters need to be aged up 40 years throughout this uh, this movie. Oh, that's visual effects? Not like, like it's it's prosthetic effects, but... That's, okay. Yeah. Check, yeah. Yeah. Check, but check, still, check. that's a that's a lot of money. Yeah. And look, critically, this worked. This is the first film to be nominated for every major Academy Award. This film okay. is currently taking our record seven nominations. The only ones that it wasn't nominated for were original story because it wasn't an original story, and sound mm-hmm. recording because it wasn't you know sound recording wasn't movies. It was studios. Yes. However. Yeah. Knock knock. It w- did not very well in the box office. N- no- knock knock. Oh, who's there? 
The Great Depression. Oh no! This movie lost over half a million dollars. Oh no! That's also so much、mm-hmm. in like that time.、Oh, yup.、No. They ended up turning a profit way, way later. But that was, you know, after they did re-releases and and all of that. Oh,、uh, that must have、um, hurt because I know that RKO was already the smallest out of the major five companies at that time. So yeah. Oh, s- sorry, I said half a million. Yeah. Uh, 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 apparently, it's I I read that wrong, and it's five and a half million. What?、Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Approximately in uh well the, my source is from two thousand three, so in two thousand three dollars that would be approximately fifty eight million dollars. Oh God! Making it arguably the only、uh, best picture nominee to lose money during its initial release. Oh God.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that must have been a Great Depression thing, surely, because I feel like this is a movie that would definitely appeal to. From from what we've seen so far, right? I feel like this is a movie that would fit. Oh yeah, it's nineteen thirty one audiences. It's very important to note that this movie was still the second highest grossing movie of the year. Right, right. It's just the Great Depression is a、uh, is hitting. Is, yeah, yeah, is yeah, hitting. Yeah. Yeah, I think nineteen thirty two was the the like worst year out of the Great Depression year. So nineteen thirty one is is leading up there for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it, the the movie did not recoup its investment until nineteen forty one. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was they something.、Tried. They they really sure indeed tried. Tried. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I I would I would argue that they succeeded.、Mm-hmm. Right? It's just late. Late. They succeeded late. Absolutely.、Yeah. So. What did you think about the movie? I don't know. <laughs> I really liked it conceptually. I think I really liked、mm-hmm. the idea,、uh, especially the idea of having this main character that goes on adventures and just getting him out of the plot. Like it's very clearly that you know it's about his impact on his his family when he goes off and and the whole political、yeah. situation around it. I just also think that if you're going to do that, don't. Don't make him the lead character for the first half of the movie, where a lot happens that doesn't really directly influence the plot. Yeah, I guess also because the wife、uh, Sabra isn't really important at all. He's not in the whole first bit where he goes to、uh, at first where he, when he tries to get the land, and then for yeah. The second bit, she's there, but it's more so kind of like he's dragging her along, and we don't really care about her. And then as soon as he leaves, it's suddenly like, oh, but now she's important. Yeah, it's 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 it feels very much like the first half is a different movie than the second half. Yeah, true. Which feels like I I kind of like the idea of having a main character and having him leave off because it would increase the impacts of him leaving, right? Oh, that、But、absolutely. They, she should have just been also important. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie, and that, then it, I, I think it would have worked. But now it's just kind of incohesive a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the 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 writer for the original novel uh has stated that she deliberately refrained from taking readers on his adventures. Uh, to force the audience to feel his absence as deeply as his family does, yeah. which、uh, yeah, fair enough. That works, yeah, yeah. Yeah,、um, but yeah, no, I I definitely feel that、like、this is one of those movies that at its time really good, and now yeah, you know, with with all the 
the benefits of hindsight, it maybe just isn't as strong. No, I still as... don't think it was bad. Though. No, I, I think it's I far from bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, I... Meh. Yeah, I get that. I, I wouldn't say this was my favorite, probably, but I I, I kind of liked it. Um, but it also had some more problematic things when it comes to... So we already had, of course, the Native uh, Americans that we talked about. Yeah. Um, there's also a boy called Isaiah, I think it's pronounced. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Isaiah. Yes, and so he is a slave, basically, of the family, mm. which is, I mean, already questionable, but of course that was what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. But um, they kind of just use him to, like, he's kind of this stupid character, right? Which is not great. Mm-hmm. And then he dies. Then he dies, like, yep. halfway through the movie. And it's uh, it's just not great. It's just this character that's kind of here to poke fun of, but then we also need to feel sad when he dies. Um, yeah. We're we're and gonna it's... we're gonna get this a lot with these movies. Yeah. There's a lot of like yeah. you know, coloreds and all of that sort of sentiment coming out. Um, yeah, it's like they are. I feel like it's really portrayed as this thing where we're not meant to take them seriously, according to the movie until I'm gonna until s- they die. I'm gonna <laughs> say something that's gonna really, 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 really upset people. Mm. But I'm gonna say it because it's the truth and it's it's oh it stings um black people in these early movies are what dogs are in current day movies mm. they are mm. sort of like a cutesy silly I wish silly, I could disagree but yeah they're a, yeah. they're a cutesy silly oh my god look it's a supporting thing that we can sort of all at and care about and and then when it dies you're supposed to feel sad for it yeah and yeah, that, that's that, that is what it is. And it's severely fucked up. fucked up. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm not. I, I I need to argue that this is severely fucked up. Like yeah, but it's good to mention, right? But, like yeah. it's, it's that we said in like uh, I think a few episodes back. That this is history, so I feel like it's important to note that it was there and that it was bad. Oh yeah, but... we sh- we shouldn't go like you know. Oh, back then this was you know, uh, this was already seen as terror. No, it wasn't. This is just how they... And it, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that that was mm. ever the case. But to pretend like it wasn't ever the case, I think, would be more harmful. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that was fucked up. Um, severely. I Just to, to very quickly sp- give this a bit of a positive spin, Eugene Jackson, the actor who played Isaiah, um, mm. he, he did pretty good. He did pretty good for himself okay. after this. He he was in a lot of movies. It was mostly like small things and, and mm-hmm. uncredited stuff. But he, he had a steady flow of work. He was in a couple movies a year. Uh, and his final uh, his final appearance... And I... Listen. I just really like this. His final film appearance ever was in uh, 1991's The Addams Family. Aww. In which he cameoed as a one-handed bass player. Oh, that is steady. Nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety one. Yeah, he he kept it going. Well, he he, a little on. bit less in his in his older age, but yeah, I would argue that from nineteen twenty three to like nineteen seventies ish, every every year he'd had he'd have at least two or three movies coming out. So, yeah, good on him. Yeah, he uh, he did good. So that's that's a positive uh, positive addition to that. Yeah. Sad sad um, sad, sad fact. Yeah. All right, let me see. I have some other things that I noted down. I I, I quite had a lot of notes on this. It's 
I think this was also one of the longer ones at two yeah, hours. Yeah, two hours. Right. Okay. So there's this part where Yancy kind of he kind of becomes the boss of the new town as it as it starts, you know, existing, and he has been asked to do a church sermon, and there's this guy that has been bothering him the whole time because he's a meanie, he's a bully, he bullies people in the city, and he he just pulls out his gun at random times. So Yancy just midst church sermon shoots this guy down i was yep. like that's that's metal you are you are in the house of god i guess and uh, whoa. anyway um yeah then later on there's a gunfight between yancy and an old friend of him this is the gunfight in which uh, isaiah dies and yancy also gets shot but in his arm but i he goes home and he just uses the arm. Like when Isaiah gets carried in, he takes it over. He has a bullet. This man has a bullet in his arm, but it is nowhere. Like they. Listen, man's they is built different. Okay. Very different. Man's is built just, different. He carries a body with the I. Okay. They just like, they pretend it doesn't exist, but it's very clearly there's blood. And I will, um, but yeah, and also while I was watching, I was just very upset at uh, Yancy's audacity to leave suddenly. Like yeah. he would leave very suddenly. It would just be like, oh, they're they're opening up a new town. I'm gone, and then he I, doesn't, he doesn't I come back for five years. I smell adventure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like he also did get another child, so they have two children at home, and uh, Sabra's just kind of left there to yeah. fix it and take care of the paper and do everything. Um, yeah, he essentially goes, "Oh, I'm gonna start this thing, Sabra, take care of it. Oh, I'm gonna start this, Sabra, take care of it." And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sabra is not the greatest eater. It it basically there's this next subplot. This is why they say it's it's different, kind of like. Mm-hmm. You know, different stories uh, in one movie. There's this other subplot of Dixie Lee, who is a prostitute, and yep. Sabra hates her. Yep. I, I I think partly because, you know, her status in society, but also because she and Yancy, they're definitely, like, Yancy's not cheating. They're flirting. There's something going they're on flirting. there. So Sabra tries to get her to go to prison for pretty much no reason. I, yeah. I don't I don't recall the actual reason she was trying, but I think it was something like degrading society or something or degrading and being the town a being a public nuisance. Yeah. So but then Yancy comes back after five years of, and he is also he is also an asshole because he comes back after five years. He hears that Sabra is yep. like doing this thing against her like this this court case and he is a lawyer and he just goes no nah, i'm gonna defend dixie even though i haven't seen my wife in five years i'm now gonna defend the woman she <laughs> yeah, is building like, a case against it's is, wild is gone for five years saves a prostitute from his wife does not elaborate leaves like <laughs> that's... yes 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 it's like holy shit it's crazy <laughs> it is um, mad then I also put down that the makeup or I guess visual effects, if you you know go with the prosthetics, was really good. Like they they oh, really, yeah. it, I was really surprised actually at how well that was done in 1931. Like they really looked like older versions of themselves. Much for better, for half honestly. a second in that final scene, I thought they they were like they'd recast, and I yeah yeah. And it's crazy because I feel like it honestly did a much better job at it than most movies do nowadays. Like I was really oh, yeah. surprised. Like at the like if you had close-ups of them, you could kind of tell how heavy the makeup was. That 
but from a bit further, it was really good. Yeah, I agree. I think that's pretty much everything on this movie. E- Do you have more notes? Oh, well, oh. the one thing I was wondering, I don't know if you found anything about this, or maybe I just didn't understand it and you know. Uh-huh. Um, but it's called Chimaron, and I know that their their son is called Chimaron, but why would it be named after their son? Or so, does yeah, this so it's, also it's, mean something else? It's not named after their son. It's named after, um, I think it's an area in... Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up before I say something that is mm-hmm. wildly incorrect. A few moments later. Yes, so it's named uh, not for the sun. It's named after uh, the territory. The Chimaron territory was an unrecognized name for the no man's land. Um, I see. So Oklahoma is a Chimaron territory. Yep. Until okay, it's opened up and people can do things it is also currently still a uh, national grassland in kansas chimaron national grassland and uh, also a village in colfax new mexico mm. so okay okay the, the name the name sticks around yeah well okay the last note i put that is basically um what we've been saying um i don't really get what the movie is about it's fine if it doesn't have a straightforward message but with this one, I just don't really get what it's, I gained, except a bit of history, maybe. Yeah, it's a bit all, it's a bit all over the place. It's not the strongest yeah. narrative, I'd say. It's it's. I think it has the strongest themes, maybe out of the bunch. Um, but yeah. it's it doesn't have the strongest narrative. And uh, also, just then towards the end, you see her alone, uh, like Sarah alone. She is member of Congress, and then she randomly goes to this place where they're building a new. I don't know. Oh yeah, and she she randomly she, comes across him. She randomly comes across a dying Yancy, and then yeah. he dies, and then the movie ends. It's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Well, so um, Irene Dunn, the, the, our lead actress, just a fun fact to end this movie off on is that um, she originally thought that this was one of her favorite movies that she did uh in later years after she'd gained a bit more experience and a couple more academy award nominations uh she stated that she found it a bit hammy hmm. which yeah yeah Makes sense i can agree yeah so i guess we move on to our next movie yes which would be east lynn east lynn now i'm gonna let you recap this one because i am at a fucking loss <laughs> Wait, I need to quickly always when I see the uh, hear the movies I need to um It's the one with the woman and the and she's blind and there's a Oh wait, towards the end she's blind. Yes. And, the, yes. and there's a son. Yeah. Yeah. There's both of those. Um <laughs> basically it is about a woman who has some trouble with men. <laughs> Don't we uh, all? She... <laughs> yeah, no. So basically, she marries this guy that is called Will. I, I do the names. No, no, William. No. Robert Carl. Oh, no, no, no. Car- no, no. Is it Robert? That's, that's Robert. Okay. Robert. Yeah. Robert. He, she marries. She's called Isabella, and she marries Robert Carlyle. Yeah. And he lives at this place called East Lynn. And they get a son together and they are very happy at the start of it. But from the get go, his sister is not into it. He, she just wants kind of, she was the woman of the house and she just doesn't like the new girl because she is too happy and too, too smiley and too free in life, I guess. I don't know. Can't have that. Um, Can't have that, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sister is called Cornelia. She sucks. And after, I think, a few years, five, maybe, they have a fight. 
Isabella is done with the sister controlling everything. She feels like she is very confined to this place. She's used to the city and shit kind of goes down. She has been also kind of not having an affair, but there's been flirting with this guy called William. And in the end, well, in the end, no, halfway through the movie. <laughs> oh my God. Um, halfway through the movie, Isabella and Robert break up and they are very angry at each other and Isabella wants to take their son with uh, with her but Robert does not let her and so she goes along and leaves with William but it, they are very happy for just a bit and then after a few years she also becomes very unhappy with him and the only thing she can think about is her son and how much she wants to see her son again but Robert is convinced that uh, Isabella cheated on him with William so he will not let her see her son and they moved to France, basically because William has to live there because he did some bad things, I don't know. Um, and at that point, they get into a fight as well. Isabella wants to go back to England to her son and then they get into an accident because uh war, I guess. Um, and she becomes blind. William dies. And then she is like, I am... I Well, she is not immediately blind. She's going blind, is what the doctor says. So she's like, I need to see my son now. And then she goes to East Lynn and she goes to see her son. And then basically she sees him and that's where the movie ends. Presumably because the last bit of it is lost. Because it's a very abrupt ending. Yes. So, yeah. we Yeah. First of all... I have... Oh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a movie that I just I was having trouble with. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, it might be because of the the fact that it was bad quality. It might be because of mm-hmm. many things. But this this was a mess to me. I mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and as you say, indeed, the last ten minutes are missing. Now, yeah. uh, fun fun little fact here. This movie is is not lost. Actually, that there is there is an entire completely uh mm-hmm. like completely fine Finished print version. of the film known to exist uh it's in good shape although several frames have an x on them because uh they were supposed to be removed in the film editing stage i saw those uh, yeah some of them have like uh one frame has crosshairs on it uh, some frames have like ink marks it's a bit of mm-hmm. a mess um yeah. but the the whole print of the film does exist and you can watch it at the university of california uh has an instructional media media lab uh you can make an appointment oh, you can watch it there i can't believe we weren't committed enough to go i know right i know um, yeah. and because the copyright was renewed they cannot really release it into the public domain until 2027 um mm. but there are some bootleg dvd copies out there where the final scene it doesn't exist that's how we managed to yeah. watch this okay sure. um is because do we know what what happens in the last 10 minutes we do not or at okay. least i do okay. not i i have no mm-hmm. fucking clue i could not find this anywhere um it's based off a book so normally you'd say well we'll check the book and see what happens yeah. there but the issue is that the uh this adaptation was so different from the book that this movie in fact was novelized <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh-huh, okay you know um yeah yeah, I also can't imagine that we missed much of the last ten minutes. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it, yeah. it ends very abruptly in the sh- in the fa- like in the sense that you cut in the, the middle of the scene. Is, yeah, yes, but it doesn't feel like the story I'm, feels fairly I'm missing a lot up, of the yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, it's also the so the thing is right that this movie was nominated only for best picture. Oh, that's pretty rare. And I believe it's a popularity thing because okay, this movie was the third adaptation of the book uh, mm. produced by Fox. Not only is it the third adaptation of the book that you know as a movie, it was also a very very successful play. Now. It has been adapted for the stage many, 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 many times. This book came out originally in 1860. It was, like, serialized, right? As a lot of books in that time were. It was, like, a serialized thing that was published in a magazine, and then when it was done, it was issued as a novel. Uh, This novel specifically was made out of... It was a three-volume novel. Damn. Yeah. Bitch was thick. Um, So they made it into a whole bunch of stage plays, and it was popular as shit. And I don't mean popular as shit. I mean popular as fucking shit. Mm. So popular that stock companies put on a performance whenever they needed guaranteed revenue. This became so common that if a theater was stuck with a badly received play, they would famously assuage audiences by going, Next week, East Lynn. I see. <laughs> it was staged so often that critic Sally Mitchell estimates that some version was seen by audiences in either England or North America every week for over 40 years. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It's... Okay. Insanely popular. And I do not get it. <laughs> I don't well, we have understand. Maybe maybe I should watch they did a BBC television production for it, right? And I quite like the BBC mm. TV drama. So maybe maybe I should yeah. watch that. Maybe I'll get it then. Maybe mm. I'll love it suddenly. But I I wouldn't say I loved it, but I I didn't feel as strong about it as you do. I I it was kind of fine. I mean, the quality kind of sucked, but I feel like as you're 10 minutes into it, you kind of get used to it and whatever. That's um, fair. But I don't know. It it didn't feel that different to me from many of the other, you know, wife and husband having trouble movies that we're, we've been watching so far. No, that's fair. I don't know. I don't know why this one necessarily, like, scratched me the wrong way, but I... Yeah, no, I get it. Which is interesting, by the way, because I do think this is probably the first year where more than half of the movies are not about a wife and a husband yeah. having troubles. Probably, and yeah. W- one of them is not even that much about... Like, I mean, you know, Chimanon was about the marriage, but it also was very much about Oklahoma. Yeah. So I feel like this is the only one out of the five that is really, really about... Yeah, I'd say, it's, I'd say it's a pretty big subplot in, for instance, the front page, but I wouldn't say it takes center stage whatsoever. Like, Yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is new, because usually at least half of the movies yeah. are about that. So I, I, that's, that was good. That was, yeah. that was nice. That's, that, that, that is nice. That is true. Um, I have I have one more fun fact about this. It's not really about the uh, fun fact about the movie necessarily, more so mm. the 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 whole thing itself. Uh, East Lynn is not a real place. Uh, of course. Or I should say, East Lynn was not a real place. When are we visiting East Lynn? When e- are we East visiting Lynn, East Lynn? East Lynn is now since 1871 uh, a city in eastern Cass County, Missouri. Because they named it after the book. Oh my god! They, they I named can't the wait. city after the book. Yeah, I can't wait to go on a trip through America and go through all 
all the fucking, all the fucking places. <laughs> so we also go. We also go to the, the, to Oklahoma, the city in Oklahoma, and Arizona, and <laughs> yeah, exactly, all Arizona. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, that's Eastland. Yeah, I I have a few notes, not many though. Um, I put that it is a little like tenet sometimes in the. Oh, fact go that fuck <laughs> yourself! Fuck. No, listen, no, listen. I need yeah, to. Yeah, I love the scene the where Robert Carlyle no. time travels. <laughs> I need to get Tenet and Christopher Nolan into this uh, podcast whenever I can, you know? It, like Just like you with your forefingers. I'm going to have a stroke. I mean? Anyway, it was actually criticism of Tenet because what I was trying to say is that the music sometimes is too loud to hear the dialogue and because there's no subtitles, it was sometimes just impossible to tell what they were saying. Um, yeah. But it, it's fine. Um, also, I noted that there was... Also, so like I said in the summary, there was another big time skip of like five years. And I think later on when she's with William, there's also another one, which is why I felt like maybe that's getting popular or something, because it also happens so much in Tumidon. So. I feel like it's also it's also the 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 fact that a lot of these are based on books where true, it's really easy true. to do time skips. Yes, true. Um, also, Carlisle. Twilight. Anyway, um <laughs> I have a quote. I have a quote. Not, not I a, but, um, listen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, Carlisle is old because he's a vampire. So maybe they're related. Eastlin, Eastlin, and and Twilight in the same no. cinematic universe confirmed. No, no I refuse. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I have a quote, uh, not necessarily a funny one, but a like a one that I noticed that I thought was interesting, which is, the cruelest truth is that we cannot live our lives apart from the opinion of the world, which feels especially poignant in this day and age. That is absolutely so, true, cool. yeah. Oh, yes, I also... So basically, William seemed pretty nice at the start of it. Same with Robert, actually. They, like, they were actually the ones that kind of fucked it up, because... Both of them were nice at the start, but then with Robert, he listened to his sister too much and he became very mean towards Isabel. Mm -hmm. And William also just at some point becomes very mean. So I just put as a note, why is William also an asshole now? Do all men have a designated amount of time before they turn into assholes? Yes. I wondered. I'm I'm reaching the end of my designated pre-asshole era. Oh, no, it's... Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, man, look. Um... And then finally, uh, I noted that it felt a little bit like Seventh Heaven at the end, where like the main oh, character getting right. blind was just yeah. kind of like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. I don't know why, yep. but we are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess move move to the next the next boy. I, we can move to the to the next one to to the front page. Ah. The front yeah, page. The front page. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you summarize this one. Cool, because I liked this one. Um, the front page is about a newsroom uh, in an unnamed city, uh, Chicago. But they weren't allowed to name Chicago because of the, <laughs> the censors. So it uh, it takes place in an unnamed city, um, labeled as a mythical kingdom where uh, it's it's a newsroom across from a police precinct and essentially there was a murder of a police officer the previous day this guy who did it has been caught or they presume did it has been caught and is being kept held captive in the 
precinct and the newsroom across from them is sort of monitoring the situation and and you know writing the articles for their respective mm-hmm. papers it's a bunch of journalists from different papers working in that newsroom together or working playing poker um at some point while most of the reporters are out uh this guy who is believed to have killed a police officer escapes and manages to find his way into the newsroom. The only person present there at that point is a reporter called Hildy who wants to stop being a reporter and move to New York with his girlfriend. So it's a whole bunch of, like, he wants to stop, but he is now the only person who has this crazy thing happen to him. Uh, Mm. And the rest of the movie is them sort of, like, trying to hide this guy, uh, partially to help him, partially because they want to, you know, have the scoop on the whole situation. Um, and then there's the mayor and the sheriff who are both, you know, the the reason this guy escaped. But also um, they receive a message saying that he's pardoned anyway. They don't think he did it, but they both decide to hide that because him being executed would be good for them in the elections. So it's there's a whole bunch of like subplots going on that intertwine with mm-hmm. each other really, really nicely. Um, yeah. And I feel I, it's also important to mention Walter Burns, who is like... Hilda's oh, yeah. boss and he is very much the person forcing him to stay like yeah. manipulating him very to stay. it's very manipulating him to very stay. bad yeah, guy yes so yeah it's uh yeah it's something different for sure it's something different i really really like this um i did like it quite a bit there were like most of the things about it i really liked but somehow I couldn't get into it that much. You you get what I mean? Like I I, I That's fair. could see that it was good, and I also I, I like the plot a lot better than a lot of the other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have to pause this one every now and then, getting distracted. I think. But in general, good movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I understand completely. I also really liked it visually, which helps. I think I really oh, liked. There was a lot can of we very talk interesting about, shots. Uh, Yes. Okay. So basically, I I grabbed my I grabbed my film history book that I still had from university, <laughs> uh-huh. and there I read something about the nineteen thirty one specifically that made so much sense specifically for this movie, where in nineteen thirty one, that was kind of the first year that where they were able to record sound after, like filming the movie yeah. so basically they they would still record sound on set but they could add the sound effects and like the music uh, later and mm-hmm. so they didn't have to put the cameras in those big big boxes anymore because they yeah. used to put them there because they made too much sound so that was a problem but now it was not a problem anymore and you can very much see specifically in the front page how suddenly camera movements are back oh yeah like, and and not like and creative fucking camera yeah movements at that. yeah like they it's great like they they use a lot of pans and shit that for the last movies that we've been watching we have not really seen that much because because of sound that was impossible to do because the cameras could not move that much they could only pan just slightly in yep. those boxes but now with this one it was like oh my god i love this it's oh yeah so, visually it was, so compelling it was amazing i thought these yeah, shots no. were really cool yeah, like just a few examples is uh, at some point Hildy is saying goodbye because he is gonna leave, he thinks at least. Mm-hmm. And as all of the reporters say goodbye to him, like they just do this kind of, yeah, this kind of pan in a kind of like, yeah, yeah. away from them while each of them says says goodbye. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, there's also, I really like the shots where there's this 
big news thing. I don't know many of the things that there, there's been many things going on in the movie that they want to report, but there is one of the things that they want to report. And you see all of the reporters in their own shot with like a very much a close up and like a Dutch angle. And each yeah. of them edited very quickly after each yep. other and just, ah, oh, really cool. I really yeah. like that. I also really liked, just while we're on this, the the opening credits. A lot of these movies now have opening credits, which I'm I, I really appreciating. Oh, yeah. And this the one had it where great. It, it was a newspaper and every page flipped would be like a, a picture of the actor with the role underneath it. And it was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it was the best opening credits I've seen. Oh, yeah. Same. So far. Same. Very much. Um, yeah, I I really like this. I think this is the one for this year that I would recommend. If anyone wants to watch any of these, I would recommend this one. I think it's... Yeah, probably. I think this is one of the ones where, you know, it, uh, there's a lot of sexism at the start of it and a, a bit of racism mm-hmm. thrown around. But I do think what's interesting is that it's very clearly done by people who are supposed to be dickheads. Yeah, true. Which, for its time... Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's also, it doesn't drag too much. It is one hour and 40 minutes, so that's yeah. pretty doable. It, it does what it needs to do and then fucks off. I think the start was a bit long. Like, it takes a very long time. Be- well, I think it takes, a, like, 30 minutes before they actually get to the plot of, okay, there's this that uh, I agree with. murderer I, going around. Yeah, he, his whole sort of tour of, I'm leaving, goodbye, takes a bit takes too long. It takes so yeah. long. It, 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 that does take really long. But once it gets going... I think that's where I had the most trouble at the start that's of it because fair, yeah. it, it takes thirty minutes, and in the, in those thirty minutes, it's kind of like okay, <laughs> yeah, move no, that, on, that makes you know? sense. Yeah, but, but um... after that, it, it you know, yeah, good shit. Yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a bunch of fun facts on this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna start really quickly by uh, Hildy Johnson, who was played by Pat O'Brien. Originally, uh, Chester Morris was cast. As Hildy. Chester Morris! Yeah, from Alibi, 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 The Big House, and The Divorcee. Uh, but he had to drop out for reasons, so uh, Pat Brown's cast instead. But I, I do think it was a, it was an interesting um, mm-hmm. interesting little thing there. Um, Herman J. Mankiewicz, uh, the screenwriter of Citizen Kane, oh. is, uh, is, is, makes a cameo in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the person knocking on the door of a speakeasy looking for Hildy. Uh, ah. This was based on a stage play. It was a fairly successful stage play. Um, and uh, so th- the last line of the stage play had to be obliterated in the film by the sound of a typewriter being struck because uh, the censors wouldn't allow the phrase son of a bitch to be used in a movie. Right. <laughs> um, there's a lot of really interesting things here. Uh, the journalists are all based on actual reporters uh, with their real names only slightly changed. Hildy mm-hmm. Johnson was based on Hildebrand Johnson. Walter Burns was based on Walter Howie, and Mac McHugh was based on Buddy McHugh. Oh, you don't like, want to be. Ba- you don't want Walter to be based on. Oh, you. you don't want Walter to be based on you. Um, the telephone mouthpieces in the newsroom are missing because there was a general belief that these mouthpieces were a source of tuberculosis germs. Only one character does have his, his own mouthpiece, and he guards from everyone else using it. Yeah. Um, doesn't really work because they still take it. But oh, absolutely! Is, but he's 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 on that. He's established to be the one that's like worried about being sick. <laughs> yeah. So it's. Uh, I thought that was a that was a fascinating thing. In the pre-code era, um, the MPPDA you like objected to the explicit portrayal of a toilet on screen. So what they <laughs> yes. So what they would do instead? Not the um, toilet. 
<laughs> yep, not allowed. So what they would do instead is they would hang a tin can over the entrance of a room to signify that's the entrance to the can. Uh... Which is why uh, there was a tin can hanging over the entrance just off the, off the press room. Uh, and then the most interesting thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. It was filmed three times. Not really three times. Um, mm-hmm. But it was shot with three cameras at the same time, creating three different negatives. It's a common thing from oh. the silent era that they carried yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, the best negative, the best takes that were used for the US version, the second best used for the UK version, and the final negative <laughs> used for the general international version. Damn. Um, some sh- scenes being reshot with different dialogue for the international markets. For instance, there is a scene that we didn't see because it was cut um, where... Uh, he insults the mayor, like Kruger insults the mayor and the sheriff while they're listening in. He hangs up, leaves, and flips his middle finger at them. Uh, but that was cut from the US version. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, it's interesting though that it was shot with three cameras because I feel like um, they didn't do that as much when they started being able to add like sounds later. Yeah. No, no, no. This so is like, cool this, is, this, is a, this is a silent era thing that they carried over yeah. for. Yeah reasons um (laughs) yeah so uh, what happened is that the u.s print of this movie was uh, not necessarily lost but sort of it faded out of obscurity because every single international market had you know that other version um Mm. so after the film fell into the public domain all of those distributed prints were just made from the lower quality international negative um so the the movie was put into the United States Film Registry in 2010. And mm-hmm. that might maybe not be the best version of it available. Because okay. the version we saw, the long, uncut, unseen, preferred by the director, original US release version, was mm-hmm. restored by the Academy Film Archive and the Film Foundation in 2016. Oh, right. Uh, it showed that at the start yeah, of the thing we watched. it had a little note at the thing start. We watched. Uh, so yeah, this is we we this is sort of the the opposite of uh, East Lynn in that we managed to like we, we were able to watch the best possible version yeah. of this movie. Um, Sick. So yeah, that's that's kind of fun, especially in the era that we're in now. Hmm. That doesn't happen a lot that we get to watch. No, you exactly. Know, the the sort of original intended release. You can tell also as well because it the it looks very clean. Like there's not as much jitter going around the screen it looks mm. clean and also the sound is the best we've had it's so, so far crisp because oh my God. there's there's not just there's not just yep yeah between like everything <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's great yeah it's really nice um so okay, that's my me... fun fact do you have any notes I have I have a few I have a few we talked about a few of them already I, I had a lot of notes about like cinematography that I really liked um, <laughs> I thought it was funny because uh, I think we can relate not necessarily with this one but um, at some point they're telling a policeman to go get hot hamburgers for mm-hmm. for them the the reporters the journalists and one yeah. of them just wants bread with lettuce which yep yeah when i, I get know. a burger i do get the burger but as picky eaters i just thought that was funny and i related mm-hmm. <laughs> even though it was probably also just kind of to uh to mess with the police guy but still um can we also talk about how how um 
how what's his name earl earl williams earl, earl williams guy, yeah yeah earl, earl williams the guy that they uh, say has has murdered um how he escapes because yep oh god yeah <laughs> they, they get him into some sort of like alternative confession treatment from an alienist from australia who decides that as part of this whole thing they should just give him a gun they should just like, give the guy we, they, who they're just like, we murdered should a reenact cop. this scene. Like, yeah. we, should, we should see how it happened, and then he, that is like the confession. But you give the guy a gun, and he shoots it off. What they do is they have a they have a guy who they believe has murdered a cop. They mm. then give him a gun, put him in a room with a cop, and go, "Let's reenact the crime." Yeah. Now, what? <laughs> what exactly <laughs> was I? The thought process. Um, yeah. I, I do wonder, but it was funny. I There's also this woman called Molly who is into Earl Williams, or at least she cares about him. So much so that she isn't... Mind you, she's not depressed or anything. She just cares so much about this man that while trying... like. Yeah, she doesn't want to give away where he's hiding. She tells the reporters that she knows where he's hiding and they want to know. So she jumps out of the window. Yeah. Woman. Yeah. It was so metal. Like she stood there and just took a step backwards and then she... And then Walter, who is also an asshole, is the whole time he's just kind of like, yeah, no, don't don't care about that. Also, don't care about the fact that your wife's leaving you now, Hildy. Like, come on, commit to the story. Come on. And it's like... Listen dedication man if I mean, if my future partner wouldn't jump out of a window to hide my whereabouts from the cops what's the point i that's also the thing with walter right i for a long time was like he's kind of too cartoonishly evil in this sense that he he's not very two-dimensional he's just just a manipulative just evil yeah he's just a manipulative prick but then again the whole movie is kind of cartoonish right so it's not it's not that bad yeah um, uh, th- this movie was sort of known as the first screwball comedy hmm yeah, 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 yeah i think the other one of the other problems i had with it a little bit was that all the reporters they kind of set them up to have their own personalities but just not enough like it was yeah. close but i could not you know separate you, them yeah you even can tell i, fi- I I felt like they were trying to get me to know all of them, but I you, didn't. It you can was... tell that they're different characters, but not to the extent where you could tell them apart. Yeah, that yeah. was one of the things that bothered me a little bit. But overall, yeah, I, I, I did really like this movie. Yeah, I, I really like this one. Uh, one more fun fact before we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to phrase this as a question. This was directed by someone whose directing we've seen before. Ooh. In fact, he directed... One of our previous winners. Mm. Could you guess for me? Um, Can you name our previous winners? I know there's Wings, Sunrise, Broadway Melody. Uh, and last year was... Come on, you know this. It's all quiet! Was our oh, other winner? Right. Fuck. So right. out of those it. four, hmm, right. Um, I feel like it's not Wings because it didn't feel as hardcore as that director was. Mm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, and I don't think it's all quiet either. It's like feels too far off from that. So it would have to be Broadway Melody or Sunrise. I'm gonna go with Sunrise. Uh, you would be completely wrong. It's Lewis Milestone, director of All Quiet at the Western Front. Oh shit! <laughs> That's something else. Yeah, 
he he really made a pivot this is a year after as well yeah damn so yeah man's was just like you know what i mean hey if you can do both so well then get you get you get you, you get you a man who can do both <laughs> so yeah that was that was the front page that was the front page which would move us to skippy skippy now skippy now skippy listen before we get into skippy Okay. If you are in any way affected by cruelty mm. against animals or the mention of that, uh, maybe skip this one. Skip, skip, skip this one. Skip, skip, but skippy. also skip the one after. Yeah, skip, skip ahead until like to you know the conclusion. The conclusion of, the... of this. Yeah, um, both the both of the next movies are it's not yeah. good. This this is the bad bit for you. Skippy is a boy yes who has a rich dad and mm-hmm. a rich mum but you know the mum doesn't really matter because she's a woman it no. <laughs> it look no you're right yeah. you're right <laughs> i don't like it but um he meets a boy named suki who is a poor poor boy and the poor boy has a dog but there's a big bully uh, called Harley who accidentally breaks his own father's car's windshield and his father is an abusive bastard so uh, Harley blames it on Skippy and Sookie. So Mr. Nubbins, the evil man, he works as a dog catcher. He decides to take this kid's dog uh, and demand that they pay him for the damages if they want their dog back. So they break Skippy's savings bank. They get $3. And Mr. Nubbins is like, cool, that'll pay for the windshield. You'll still need a license for the dog. Uh, you have two or three days to get it. Otherwise, I'm going to kill your dog. And they, like, spend all of their fucking time, right, groveling for this shit. They mm-hmm. stage a performance. They sell, like, lemonade. They do the whole thing. And they they end up 30 cents short. And Skippy's dad, because he's a rich bastard, refuses to lend them the 30 cents. Well, yes, but also Skippy never explains the situation. Because he believes uh, he believes his dad won't understand. Because his dad is trying to get all of the poor people where... Uh, like, all the people that live in the poor town, part of town, where Suki lives, he's trying to evict them because That's true. of illness. Um, That's so true, yeah. Skippy never explains that it's about no, the dog. No, but I think even, like... but even if you're, you know, uh, uh, trying to evict all these poor people, I still think rich bastard as a label will apply. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> Let me be honest with you. Well, until he makes a 180 for some goddamn reason. Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll get there. Anyway, they don't get the 30 cents, uh, and Mr. Nubbins kills the dog. Straight He's up. already killed, yeah, killed him like, when they arrived. Yeah, no, dog's, like, dog's dead. No, there we do have a dog. And he's like, nope, not anymore. Nope, <laughs> like, it's dead. Yep. Uh, and Skippy, very rightfully, but not entirely rightfully, blames his dad for it. Um, mm-hmm. It would have been more rightful if, you know, again, Skippy had told him about the situation. Yeah. But the next morning, Skippy gets a new bike. So his dad couldn't give him the 30 cents, but he could buy him a brand new bicycle. And Skippy does the only logical thing, which is to go to his friend and trade the bike for her dog. And then give the dog to Suki. And give the dog to Suki. But also, his dad... Suki already has a dog. Also, his dad, you know, he has a change of heart. 
and he's now oh my God. bought a dog for Suki. And also, the people don't have to be evicted anymore. Yeah, they are just he's gonna like, you know what? Save I'm gonna them, buy save you a the dog. disease. I think he even gets Suki's mother a job, right? He's like, you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And he starts it's... playing with the boys in Shantytown. And he breaks the windshield. He breaks and then the windshield he, like, again. Oh and God. then he fucking knocks out Mr. Nubbins. He just yes, decks yes, him in the face. Yes. It turns into my dad. He takes off his glasses can... as well. He, yeah, he, he takes off like, his glasses. Cool anime just... mode, he takes the wow. glasses off and he goes, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, my dad my dad could beat up your dad the movie, right? Oh my God. It's crazy. But I hated that part of the movie because it's really unrealistic. Yeah. I think like they kind of explain it as he had the change of heart because he sees Skippy crying, uh, like Skippy's yeah. crying because basically Suki's dog is dead, and Suki also said while crying to his mom, like I want to die too now. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Skippy thinks that Suki is also gonna die, and he's he's crying, and he isn't even really still telling him his dad what happened so i don't know how the dad figured that out because he's very skippy's very incoherent while he's crying but mm-hmm. somehow the dad figured it out and now he cares like yeah yeah I, I get love for your son but so far in the movie he showed no love for his son whatsoever. not at all no it is such a weird 180 to make it isn't i don't think any any of the guys as he's portrayed in the first part of the movie would suddenly yeah suddenly do yeah. this um well okay listen we're gonna get we're gonna get this so much with this movie right but huh. this is a fascinating movie just as 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 is what this mm-hmm. is is essentially it's based off of a um a newspaper comic it's okay makes sense yeah this is essentially garfield but not quite <laughs> yeah, um yeah. So yeah, it's it's a comic strip, and this was a really popular comic strip. I I need you to like so severely popular. This was I think it was cited um, as an inspiration by the guy who made Peanuts, you know the mm. the Snoopy comics. Oh okay. So this was this was big. Yeah. Um, and then they made the movie, and the movie was big. It was it was. You know, nominated for for best picture and for best uh, best actor in a leading role. It, the, the, this was a this mm. was a pretty big thing. It got a, se- a sequel in 1931 as well, like in the same year. In the same in okay. the same year, uh, called Suki. Oh, of course. Which I guess makes sense. Um, that didn't that wasn't nominated for anything, but okay, okay. It it, it existed. This was a sensation. <laughs> okay. That's kind of crazy to me because to me it read a lot like a children's movie. It it was yeah yeah, yeah. but like you know it mm. was a, a children's comic in the sense that Peanuts is a children's yeah. comic in the sense that yeah 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 you know so is sort of this lovable scamp idea. Yeah. Do you have notes? Because we're gonna I I want to get to okay. my facts, but yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I want to get through your notes first because these are oh, okay yeah yeah I I do have a few um I well first of all I thought. I, I get the nomination for Skippy. I thought for a child, I don't know how old the actor was, nine years or something? Nine, yeah, I, I, I agree. He, he was good for, like, I I would not probably have nominated him, but I get it, right? Like, he, for a nine-year-old, that, that yeah, was if really you, good Yeah, if you're a nine-year-old starring in one of the biggest movies of the year, yeah, yeah, I, I would argue this is fair. On the other hand, Suki was, oh mm. my god, mm-hmm. 
No, no it, it was mm-hmm. bad. It was so bad. It was clearly so, just a child reading his lines and being told where to look by the director. It <laughs> on a, on a scale of that kid from After Sun to uh, Spider from Avatar, where would you? <laughs> Wait, spider from oh, um, where would I put it? Um, I, I think like more towards spider, mm-hmm. but not not all the way at spider. Not yet, all the way at spider. Pretty pretty close, pretty close. Right, 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 right. Check. Um, but yeah, and then also it annoyed me how basically Skippy has what I call Sasuke hair the whole time, and Sasuke <laughs> hair can also be described. <laughs> Sasuke hair can also be described as having... It's like the butt of a duck. <coughs> oh. <laughs> it's the butt of a duck, like, at the back of your head. Yeah. And it I, it was in the first scene. I, I noted, oh no, he has Sasuke duck butt hair in the f- uh, entire first scene. And I scrapped first scene out because it just stays on the entire movie. And I don't know how hair... Em- I mean, I guess that is part of maybe it's part of the cartoon then. And that's why they styled it like that. But it looks very weird and it's very distracting. Um. Mm-hmm. Also, the kids have a secret yodel, and I want that. I also want I, a secret yodel. To be fair, yeah. We'll get. We'll we'll make a secret yodel. It will Hell be our yeah. new intro. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. Then I have a quote, which is more on the funnier side. I think. Well, okay. Now it sounds fucked up because I said it's funny, but okay. Listen. <laughs> um. Basically, Skippy asks Suki, "What does your father do?" And Suki answers. He just stays where he is. He's dead. Which is a yep. way to describe that. Um, yep. I also thought out, outside of uh, outside of recording for a bit, it's very funny. I, I, I watched this movie the day after you told me the story of your BSO kid writing a story about the dog dying mm-hmm. because it ate so much chocolate and yep. then in the, immediately the movie i watch goes goes like here's a dead I dog have a, yes i have a also the girl that has a poem in memory of a dead dog and i was like yep. oh my god it's the kid <laughs> yep yeah um, no that absolutely scans there was a part of the movie where skippy and suki were shining through i don't know if you noticed this and i'm not sure what it was i did they not were, notice this they were like they were transparent for some reason, and I'm I don't know how that works, but uh, you know uh-huh. maybe I'll figure it out at some point. I'll I'll look through this. I yeah, huh? It I it was at fifty one minutes and twenty seconds. If you want to look it up later, I will definitely have a look at that. I'm very curious now. Yeah, that's about it. Cool. Well, so this movie was also nominated for best director and i think that shows i think the mm. opening shot already is a it's nothing like i don't think it's necessarily something that today would be a crazy thing but i feel like for you know the, the cameras that they had back then and stuff mm-hmm. f- fucked up like that's 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 that was really cool i really yeah. like the, the just the opening shot already i was just like wow okay this is this is nice I mean, just already directing a movie that has kids in the main roles and yeah. then also dogs. Yeah. Nah. Oh, yeah. Nah. It's, the, the, <laughs> I don't know. The, the bees, right? Babies based the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready okay. for the fun facts? No. I'm going to start I'm gonna start with some easy ones. Some, okay. some quick and easy. We're just going to easy win. Uh... Firstly, those three dollars that they need for the dog license would equate to about mm-hmm. forty-seven dollars uh, in twenty eighteen. Oh, gee, oh. Yeah. shit's expensive. Um, 
then. That is a kind of a miracle that they like. It oh yeah, they did. They did two, really good two in two days. Two dollars and seventy cents together. Yeah, um, because this movie is based on a on a comic strip. That technically mm-hmm. makes this the first comic book movie ever to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> because it is. It's the first first movie yeah. based on a comic ever uh, to be nominated yeah. for Best Picture. So, hey, well done, Skippy. Yeah. Um, Jackie Cooper, uh, the Mr. Mr. Sir Boy nine-year-old who was mm-hmm. uh, hired for this, was originally under contract to a different studio at $50 per week. Uh, and they loaned him to Paramount for this movie for $25,000. Yeah, uh, when he was hired for the part, him and his mother read numerous stories and clips of the uh, the comic strip character um, to get him sort of help him get to know and act the the correct personality. And he thought that the costume he needed to wear was pretty silly, but he understood that that was you know a basic feature of the whole thing that couldn't really be changed. Mm-hmm. So this this nine year old was very professional about it. Now, oh my god, here we fucking go. Oh god. Jackie Cooper um, was related to the director, tangentially, um, but director Norman Taurog was his uncle. He married Jackie's mother's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really sort of figuring out the wording on this. Okay. So there's a, the scene where the dog dies right and the director yeah so he needed his he needed to get jackie to cry oh no you're really not gonna like this oh no he told this nine-year-old kid that he was gonna kill his dog what the fuck yeah not 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 only did he tell him that he was going to kill his dog he yelled out where's that dog just go shoot him and then got somebody who had a gun no. with a blank in it go behind no. the truck where they had the dog and fire the gun. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. What is wrong with this person? Mm-hmm. No. They got oh, this no. kid crying really, really well. And it took him a very, very long time to stop crying. Even after oh the God. scene was over, and the director oh, tried why. to kindly tell him they were just fooling around. They only did it to get him to cry uh-huh. for the scene. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, oh Jackie God, Jackie has kid. since said that he lost a lot of respect for his uncle that day. Um, yes. And uh, d- doesn't know if he ever uh, really forgave him for that. Um, I get that. Yeah, he had mixed feelings towards his uncle, almost to the point of hatred, and, and rarely, rarely spoke to him again. Which, yeah... Yep, yeah. Yep. yep. If someone pretended to kill my dog, I I might kill them. Uh mm. not like <laughs> not literally, not <laughs> No, literally. <laughs> Absolutely literally. Listen, we need to stay clear of the of the Listen, if you take legally... my dog behind a truck and shoot it and I don't know that the dog is not dead, I'm I'm going to fly into a rage and strangle you. You will not get the chance to tell me that you were joking. The, I We don't actually meet that law enforcement. We don't actually. Uh, unless you're the police in which case I obviously would just not do that. <laughs> Exactly. But to anyone else listening, you're dead. <laughs> so yeah, I, the worst part about this is right. I don't have anything else. That was my that was my fun fact. Oh well, that's so fun. Yeah, I mean, I can I can get one really quickly. Um, um, no, I I mean I, I mean. Hang on, I'm, I'll can. find one. Make it a bit okay. better. 
Jackie Cooper. How about Jackie Cooper? He uh, yeah. he lived to the ripe old age of 88 in 2011. Um, he did a bunch more movies and stuff. And in fact, he starred as journalist Perry White in the uh, 80s Superman films. So he yeah. did really good for himself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quickly checking if he was in anything else. Oh, he was... Well, the shame of this is that he also was in, in uh, Superman 4. But, you know, the, uh, he was also in the first two. And those <laughs> okay. were great. Okay. So, okay, uh... Okay. It's not gonna get better, uh, I would say, at least. I don't know how you feel about the next movie, Trader Horn. Um, I, I really sure do feel about it. Yeah, Yep. But um, funnily enough, not even the animal cruelty in this one. It's the racism. It's all of it, to be fair. And besides all the things that are problematic about it, it's still not good. It's, yep. Yep. Yeah. It's um, not good in like any of the ways. It's a movie based on a, on a book. Um, based mm-hmm. on a, a biographic book question mark i think yeah i know trader one <clears throat> really existed but yeah, i think it's the... yeah sorry it's based on a, on a bi- biographical book by okay, alfred yeah, yeah. aloysius horn uh, who wrote a book about himself called trader horn and it is um it, it is it is a movie they they added a bunch of stuff that was not in the book uh um, mm-hmm. but it was yep. based on on a book uh, it is um, well. It's about Trader Horn, played by Harry Carey, who's on safari mm-hmm. in Africa, and a lot of it is mm-hmm. fictional, um, mm-hmm. including you know the the most obvious fictional thing, which is where they discover a uh, jungle queen mm-hmm. played by a white blonde woman who is credited mm-hmm. as the White Goddess, mm-hmm. which I just that sentence alone. Yep. No, yeah. I know, I know. The poster alone. Oh, the poster alone. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, this was a movie. Oh, um, it was an experience. And then, you know, there's a whole bunch of... They do adventures in the jungle. and They shoot many, many animals. Many animals. Um, it's another... It's like... in the sense of, of Chang as well, right? Where it's just like the, the animals and it being filmed on location are the draw of the whole thing. And they mm. lean into that. And the story itself oh, so is much. like meh but there's real lions and crocodiles so yeah yeah yep yeah um god yeah so let's do a quick recap for the audience here i'll let Um, you i'll let you we have trader horn and his buddy peru who is not very he hasn't gone to the wilderness before but trader name is peru yep (laughs) yep it's it's not gonna get better um Trader Horn does know what he's doing in the jungle. He's been here many times. And then at some point, uh, we he meets a missionary in the middle of the night, a woman. And she's like, I finally found where my daughter is. She was, she was kidnapped by this tribe and she was brought up there and I need to go save her now. And yeah. Trader Horn is like, don't do that, especially not in the middle of the night. And then she does it anyway and they find her dead a little bit later. And he's like, well, we got to save her daughter. Um, don't know why, but... He, well, he promised the missionary, I guess, that if she died, uh, he would fix it. So they yeah. go to save the woman, but the tribe captures them and they almost die. But And and the woman, uh, Nina is her name, mm-hmm. the white goddess, she at first also wants them to die. But then she has prolonged eye contact with Peru and she's prolonged suddenly like, no. Nah. contact. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Bo Burnham. Um, and then... It's like 
yeah, no, don't make them die. And then they flee, which is, this is only halfway through the two hour, two hour, mm-hmm. two hour movie. And the rest of the movie is them escaping, which takes so long. It takes so long and nothing really happens. They get hungry, so they need to shoot another animal or some shit. Oh my God. It's... Mm-hmm. And then eventually they get home. Um, but uh, the main, like, um like the black guy that was kind of being their guide and and helping them around in the wilderness he died uh, of course mm-hmm. um, and they are very sad about it but also not so much but you know yep yep and then you know they move <clears throat> on with life the the movie literally ends uh with um Rencharo do i pronounce that right Rencharo is the the uh, guy yeah, that helps the, their probably... guide um he <laughs> the movie literally ends with a very very bad like kind of shot of him in the sky like trader horn looks oh, yep. up and sees him in the sky and it's the worst thing it's so bad mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. off oh my god oh yeah. my god yeah this oh this was one of those movies um that just... i do have to the one credit i will give it is that I started it and I was afraid it was going to be Chang 2.0. And it kind of was, but it was slightly better at least. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like this was... They, they very clearly had an idea in mind. Like right? there was at least a storyline. <laughs> but yeah. it was not a good one. Y- yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Also, like there's just also the storyline <laughs> that is there is so little. Like there, it's... They're clearly mostly just trying to show up the wilderness. So mm-hmm. they just saw this missionary woman die and they are like trying they know that they now have to go save nina but to get to nina we first have to get like to a 15 minute or 20 minute part of them just seeing animals calling them by their names and at some point shooting one yeah like they go through every animal that exists in africa and explain what it is and what its name is and it yep yep yeah yep 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 Yep. I did wonder, and I don't know if you can tell me this, um, how yep. they <laughs> how they did the shots of... At first I thought, my first theory was that they had first filmed like shots of the animals and then they put that on a big screen and then they put Trader and Peru in front of it because that's what it looked like sometimes. But mm-hmm. there is actual shots of them shooting animals. So mm-hmm. I but they they were so close to it though. Like that yep. I feel like that must have been dangerous. Yep, it was. Mm. It it was indeed. Um it look I'm gonna be really honest with you. Mm-hmm. This is the Chang thing again as well, where right? I think if you look at this on its own, this movie is is bad but it's fascinating still at least right mm-hmm. you can you can sort of see, look at this and go okay i see why people thought this was cool or interesting or why it's yeah they were picture, seeing something from because another it's yeah it's the novelty continent. of it but then yeah. you get into the you know production of the whole thing and you're like how why the fuck did why no yeah i was scared it was gonna be that so here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna ask you for any notes that you have now yeah and then, and then we then are gonna, gonna get... nosedive so hard and so fast <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Let me let me quickly see. There, my notes are not too positive either. Uh, don't worry. We'll get back on the positive note once we get to the actual ranking. But this mm-hmm. movie. Oh, um, for this one, I, just just so we're aware, I do have one really fun fact for this one, like genuinely okay. fun, that I'm going to use to cap off because otherwise yes. we are going to sit here depressed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Check. <laughs> check. Okay. Um, I have a quote. Where Peru is kind of this scared character. Yeah. Compared to, like, he's very much established as, uh, you know, the character that makes Horn look good. Mm-hmm. Because he knows what he's doing and Peru doesn't. So Peru mm-hmm. asks, what if the crocodiles come back tonight? And Horn goes, whenever that happens to me, I always make a point of putting my head under the covers. Thanks, <laughs> me. That helps me so as much. <laughs> uh, I very on, very early on in the movie, I noted down, oh boy, this is going to be a long one. Yep, there's this scene where they're at a waterfall, and that doesn't work with sound. If there's no subtitles, I have no clue what they were saying. It was yep. the sound of the waterfall was so like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, did it's, not work. I just want to note really quickly: it's really interesting you going through these notes and me going, mm-hmm, yeah, we're gonna get to this. Yeah, we're gonna get oh, to god. this. Oh yeah, god, okay, gonna get to check, this. check. Um, I also noted that it must have been tough with film equipment. I'm I'm kind of curious. Like I I don't know that much about cameras back in the day, right? So I don't know what kind of power they were running on. But I can imagine that couldn't have been easy. Like yeah, no, it's that that is the, the actually there. impressive thing is that this was shot on location. They did yeah. drag these cameras into the jungle to film this shit. And yeah, exactly. Man, that's impressive. That's that is impressive. The one thing I will give it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also thought actually I put down that Nina's acting I did not like, even though it's a very hard role because she cannot speak English because she was brought up by this tribe, right? But she is. It feels like a directing thing. I don't know if it is, but it feels like she was directed to to be very angry and then, but like look, make herself look stupid or something. I don't know. It was just. It was not good. It was not great. We're, I think it... We're going to get to this. Okay, okay, okay. Um, then also, which is something that's interesting. there. This is not the only movie I noticed this in, by the way. But this is the one where I actually put a note on it. They will sometimes still roll things with the amount of frames per second for silent movies. But still, like, speed them up, up to the, you know, 24 mm-hmm. frames per second of the sound movies but that means you just get bits that are sped up and it's really weird because they put it in the midst of the movie like you just suddenly like everything is normal speed like what we're used to now but then yep. you have a bit of really sped up parts and it's it's confusing and they i don't think they should do that yep. um but you know probably had had uh, their reasons it was probably easier that way <laughs> oh yeah at some point when they're escaping nina is sleeping and yeah they're in the jungle. It yeah. is super hot. Yeah. She has been brought up here. And Peru is like, yeah, let me put a jacket over her. And I'm like, yeah. I don't... I think she'll actually wake up and die from the heat if you do that. Like, that's not... I get the idea of being a gentleman, but no. Yep. Don't do it. Um. Oh, yeah. There's also this really bad shot... Well, shots. A sequence, if you will, of mm-hmm. Horn kind of looking out with his gun looking it it is night and he is he is taking watch he is making sure everyone's safe he looks out and then it switches to a leopard which is the thing he's supposed to be looking at but that was shot during the day and then they go back to him in the night as if he's looking at it yeah we're we're gonna get to that oh god okay um 
Also, Nina, throughout the entire second part of the movie, she is supposed to be this, you know, she was brought up in this tribe, in this country, in this continent, and but she is somehow the most scared out of all of them. She is still somehow the useless woman. Which yeah, because is, we can't we can't have women be, you know, brave. That's crazy. She, I, it what makes no sense. Come on. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Um... I also the one the last thing that I uh, well also the la- very last thing that I already mm-hmm. mentioned was not Renchero in the sky um, but the other thing that I haven't mentioned yet is um, I I can't is Horn in love with Nina as well because Peru definitely is but there's this weird kind of love triangle going on I think <clears throat> it's... so uh, yes question mark essentially he seems he, very he's, jealous he's the male lead and she's the female lead. And therefore, they have to have a certain level of chemistry because what if we want to bring them together again? Which they did, like, a couple of times. There, there was two... Oh. They did two adventure serials called The Vanishing Legion and The Last of the Mohicans, which you might have heard, you might have heard of The Last of the Mohicans, uh, mm. which is based on that novel. Um, and they were like, yeah, we'll bring those people together again. And they just... They were, they were all right in their sort of niche audience right. thing that, that was pretty good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, no, they were not, they were not successful, but that's why, that's why they have that weird chemistry is because they want sequels. Right. Well, let's get into the depressing facts. (laughs) It's the, it's not the fun fact, it's the sad fact. No, this is, this is definitely the sad facts. So this movie, to its credit, is the first non-documentary film shot on location in Africa. Because, mm. the, uh, look, it's fictionalized, so it's, uh, you know... Chang also was fictionalized, but it was pretending to be a documentary. Uh, this, this is not pretending. This is just like, no, 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 mm. we're a fiction movie. Um, yeah. So that's a, a plus. Um, there are some things based upon genuine actual happenings. There's a scene where uh, Horn swings on a vine across a river filled with crocodiles nearly biting off his leg that's mm-hmm. a thing that actually happened to alfred oh. horn and also <coughs> something that they actually did in the movie so yeah. hey bonus points there <sighs> okay then okay. the production spent uh, according to publicity two years at location filming in africa and they were two years of um, if you were to ask the crew and cast, genuine hell. Oh, two years of genuine hell. That's a lot. Yes. Um, as you might expect, there was uh, quite a few accidents and delays, um, uh, yeah. including a lot of people contracting malaria. Um, oh. There was a bunch of misfortunes. There was flash floods, sunstrokes, swarming locusts, tsetse flies, ant attacks... This whole thing was just just terrible. Uh, there was two deaths on set of this. Uh, a native crewman fell into the river and was eaten by a crocodile. Oh, yeah, no. And a native boy was killed by a charging rhino. That was captured on film, and it's it's in the movie. It's it it's in there. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, I can't. Oh, that was a, that I was don't... actually that was a child just getting. <laughs> By a rhino. I do. For, for, kind of fortunately, I don't remember that. Um, Very fortunately. I also did not remember it until I read this and went, oh, fuck, I did see that. Oh. And it's sort of etched into my brain a little bit. I'll be real. I'll be honest. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, 
and then the reshoots. Essentially, wait, the they, reshoots after two years or the reshoots two after years? two years? Oh my god! So essentially, what happened is um, halfway through filming, they realized that the public really wanted all talking sound pictures rather than you know half talkies. So mm-hmm. they sent a sound crew to Africa, mm-hmm. but the sound quality was so shit that they had to reshoot pretty much every dialogue sequence uh, at MGM's Culver City oh studio. My god. While this was going on, while they were reshooting things in Hollywood, and um, there was a... Listen, we're going to get to Edwina Booth in a second. She was mm-hmm. suffering. Um, no. And Irving Thalberg, the producer, was just like, yeah, no, we're going to shoot more shit in Hollywood. So they were shooting things in Hollywood. They were also sending secretly a second crew to Mexico to avoid the American laws about ethical animal treatment um, so that they could shoot animals fighting each other and they could starve some lions to promote vicious oh, attacks on like God. hyenas and monkeys and stuff. Um, which is also why that one shot at the Jaguars is completely different because that's, you know, they shot it in a different moment. That, so it's that's why it's different. Um, back over in Hollywood, they flew in the African natives, uh, Mutia Omulu and Riano Tindama. I'm hoping I'm saying their names right. Uh, Mutia mm-hmm. is the one who played um, uh, Renchero. Mm-hmm. They were brought back to Hollywood for some additional filming. Uh, however, they were refused admission to the Hollywood Hotel because they were black. Oh. So that was fucked. Um, and while they were filming these reshots, reshoots in Hollywood on the on the back lot, uh, it caused rumors to circulate that the entire production was being filmed on the back lot. So MGM ended up just scrapping most of the new footage. Um, including the, the 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 scenes that they flew back for and were were just fucked over for. Oh. And then we haven't even started on Edwina Booth. Uh-huh. This poor 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 woman. She was discovered in like 1926 in a silent okay. film. She so kind of still early career. Very early. She um, sort of jumps to to talkies successfully uh, in like small roles, and then she gets her chance at stardom because the studio MGM casts her in uh, this new jungle epic, Trader Horn, opposite Harry Carey. Who <laughs> just really quickly, Harry Carey is a pretty big name. We're gonna see mm-hmm. him again, but like more towards the end of his life when he's like a bit older right. um like when he's in like in his 60s <coughs> but yeah he's a, he's a really big name so for, Ed- he already isn't the youngest in this movie i don't think no this is true that definitely um but so yeah for edwina this is like this is it big big they get a large budget uh, they go on location in east africa um but you know the crew was inexperienced and ill-equipped because no one had ever done this before, and also MGM last minute decided to add sound to the movie because they're morons. Now, it's already fucked because uh, Edwina, when she leaves the United States, she already has 104 degrees Fahrenheit fever. I'm not sure what that is in Celsius. It's high. It's not good. Yeah. Um, so in Africa, she's there. She's having to go with the heat, the insects. She's getting cut by elephant grass. Um, and because, you know, she's the white goddess, she needs to be scantily clad in, like, monkey fur and lion's teeth, mm-hmm. which means she's incredibly susceptible to every single Everything. bad thing ever. Oh, God. Um, she suffered a sunstroke, fell out of a tree, and contracted uh, malaria, or 
maybe we are not sure about this, uh, but according to Catherine Hepburn, she contracted uh, schistosomiasis or schistosomiasis, uh, which uh-huh. is a disease caused by parasitic flatworms. It's Ooh. that one where, you know, when you see the, the sort of like those third world commercials and it's like the kids with a really f- like expanded bellies. Mm-hmm. It's that oh, right, one. Right, right. Um, like it, it incorrectly stated by Catherine Hepburn, she thought that Booth died during the during the production oh. of this. That's that's how bad this shit was. Jesus. Um, it took her six years to recover fully physically. Oh my god. Um, she sued MGM for a, over a million dollars. Um, it was settled out of court. But the university archives indicate she settled for $35,000, which is not even near enough like no. to the, the hell they put this woman through. Uh, the claims were that she had been provided with inadequate protection and inadequate clothing uh, and having been forced to sunbathe nude for extended periods during filming, which just I, don't do that and right it, it doesn't even make sense either no. like the whole point right like they were try- they were they were trying to make was that she was the white goddess yep oh, yep <clears throat> also, okay. okay yeah uh her acting career never recovered um oh. because mgm didn't want to employ her anymore nor did the other major studios because she you know sued them um uh this did create the opportunity for a, a very low budget mascot pictures um, to to get her and Harry Carey in for those adventure serials, mm. uh, but those again failed to propel her movie career forward. Um, oh. So by 1935, she went to Europe for medical treatment, and when she returned to the United States, she was mostly confined to a dark room. She refused to talk of her time as a movie star later in life. She completely withdrew from the public eye. Mm-hmm. Um, though she did continue to receive uh, fan mail for the rest of her life, which no, yeah, uh, like in, in any, if if there's anything positive from this, she is a remarkable person because mm-hmm. she declared that she would be dedicating all of her future leisure and a large proportion of the earnings she made from this movie because again, this movie made fucking bank. Um, she would be dedicating those to the alleviation of human suffering. Quoted as saying, my years of illness have not been wasted. I have learned to love mankind. Oh my god. What a fucking babe. I this What a woman. What a woman. Um, she married three times. All the unions were childless. Uh, first marriage was annulled. Second marriage uh, died. Third husband married until his death really, really late. Um she just throughout her entire life had false rumors and reports of her demise until she actually died uh, at 86 years old in Oh, she made it to 86. She made it to 86. This woman got screwed over in every, every possible way. And yet she managed to make just a positive the impact. The best out of it. The best out yeah. of it. I, I, yeah. That's incredible. It's... uh nothing but admiration for for Edwina mm. Booth. Um yeah, a- absolutely crazy. So yeah, severely fucked. Very very much so. I I can't say I'm surprised when I was watching this movie I was like this this is not going to be a good fact. Is it um, yeah. yeah. You can you can see just it's Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I have one more just genuinely fun fact uh, about mm. this movie. And I, I've never had this fun fact about any other. I feel like we're going to have it a couple more times. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the first one, so I'm very excited about this. Uh, just to really lift up our spirits a little bit before we <laughs> go into mm-hmm. the uh, the honorary uh, mentions. This movie <laughs> got a sex parody. <laughs> <laughs> For some Sorry? reason, this is the one. It's can you can I... you can you guess can you guess the name? No, no. I want you to guess the name. I have no idea. Is it something with horn? Oh, oh my god! You are you are so close. I don't. I don't want to know. Honestly, <laughs> uh, it was made it? in the nineteen seventies. Um, it was considered. <laughs> It was considered to be the best adult film uh, of 1966 no. to 1970. Um, oh, no. And it was called Trader Horny. Um, of course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> the poster is something. I don't know. This was the one. This, this, <laughs> yep. They saw this and I were like, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trader Horny. Oh my god. So yeah. Um This has really lifted my spirits, man. <laughs> I was reading the whole article and all the, the facts on this and then Trader this Horny came, came in to just <laughs> fix my life. I, <laughs> I cannot tell you how happy I was. Oh. So yeah. That was our movies. That was our nominees. That was our movies. So before we move on to our rankings and and revealing who the winner was, do you have any honorable mentions? I do actually have a couple honorable mentions. Okay. There was no honorary Academy Awards this year, um, so mm-hmm. we're gonna skip those. Uh, yes. I do want to quickly note that uh, Chimaron is our new record leader for seven nominations, which is a yes mad. Um, now we do have some funky little uh, honorable mentions. I want to quickly mention uh, a Connecticut Yankee, which is um, a the the first sound film adaptation of the Mark Twain novel. Which I think that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty impressive. I think um, this was the year of not one but two movies about Dracula by Bram Stoker. <gasps> Dracula. Yes, uh, one movie made by Universal Pictures. Um, uh, shot at the Universal Studios lot for for US release, and then one also made by Universal Pictures on that same set, but in Spanish. Yo, it was that thing that we talked about. I think yeah. one or two episodes ago, where they would like, you know, these sets are expensive. Let's fuck it. Let's just do it in multiple languages. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's that's what this was. The two two Draculas uh, filmed pretty much at the same time. What happened is that the director for the Spanish one would watch the footage. Uh, that was made for the English one, and then on that, like on the next day, we just applied that to his own version. Uh, just sort of, it, yeah, parallel yeah. production. I, I also I, I read in my history book that this is soon gonna fade out, so this might be one of the might might be one of the last because they were basically looking into ways to make things international, mm-hmm. and uh, this was not working, so they figured <laughs> yeah, no. pretty soon that this was not worth the money it was I can costing, imagine so. this not being the most efficient way of doing it. Yeah, Especially like now that, you know, you're learning to add sound to things retroactively, so you can just dub them. 
Exactly. Like, I think they started dubbing more and subtitles also became more accepted, like, towards the end of the 30s. So, yeah. Yeah. I should add, and this is, I this might be actually, listen, Trader Horny was great, but this might be my favorite uh, fun fact of the night. Just for the sheer ridiculousness of it, uh-huh. um, the Spanish Dracula was like it was like half hour longer than the original one like it's 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 and it was like the the actors had more low-cut night guns it was like it was this different enough movie and mm-hmm. a lot of people prefer this version to the extent where right now as we speak at this moment in the year of our lord 2023 um they're planning a spin-off tv show Oh my god. <laughs> Off the 1931 Spanish Dracula movie. Oh my god. Uh it is a single cam workplace comedy. Oh my god. Uh, being shot in Mexico. That's you know wonderful. It is absolutely crazy. <laughs> so Uh, and then there's one more one more quick honorary mention that I want to name. Because um, we're not going to revisit him just yet. We're going to revisit him in like four or five episodes uh, for, for uh-huh. the second part. But Charlie Chaplin's next movie came out uh, oh, this year. City after Lights. After the Circus. After the Circus. Uh, important to note that City Lights was a silent film. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, noted that City Lights is not only Charles Chaplin's masterpiece, it is an act of defiance by Chaplin bio- biographer uh, Jeffrey Vance because it premiered four years into the era of sound films. Yeah. Um, and Charlie Chaplin was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not making a sound film. Huh. I, I might consider giving that the watch, uh, that a watch at some point. Yeah, I, I kind of want to watch the... Because uh, this one... We're not going to go in d- too deep into Charlie Chaplin right now. We're going to do that no. next uh, next movie of his that comes out, which is Modern Times, which I also don't think was an Academy Award nominated movie. But mm-hmm. this is in my this is in my honorary mentions list because it's a very I think it's a very interesting step in between yeah. um, that we should should have a look at. Um, yeah. But that was released in 1936, so we're going to get there in a bit. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, this is sort of like this is the in between step, right? So it's city lights is yeah. that that the sort of in, and the modern times we are next outing into that. Uh, but yeah, city lights came out this year, nineteen thirty one. So those are my uh, my honorary mentions. Okay, we're five episodes in, and I do not remember if we usually say the winner first or our rankings. I think our rankings, right? I think I also genuinely don't remember. <laughs> I think we do our rankings first and then the winner. I think so too. Let's just do the rankings. Let's first. do the rankings first, and then the winner. Um, let's start at the bottom because I feel like we agree that Trader we Horn agree on goes yeah. there. Yeah, it goes there for yes. sure. Yeah, absolutely. But pretty soon after, I think we're gonna. We're I think gonna we're also gonna diverge because I think my number four is gonna be East Lynn. Yeah, I figured it would be. Yeah. Um. No, I I didn't mind East Lynn as much. I think my number four would be Skippy. Yeah, my number three would be Skippy. So that yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> mm, my number three, I think probably also Islin, but it's kind of even between Islin and uh, and Simmer- uh, Chimero. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think my number my number two has to, no. I I know my number two is Chimaron because my number because one number one has to be the front page. Yeah, I fucking yeah. loved the front page. 
I get that. I get that. I, I don't think I loved it as much as you did, but I just really liked the camera angles mm-hmm. and I, I I did like the story a lot as well and kind of it was something different. Like it was the yeah. racket, but this time it was executioned well. Yeah. Execution, uh, executed. Executed. <laughs> I also really liked the the sort of performances in it were really, really solid, I think. Yeah. Um especially, you know, and also just the the the, the it's it's just it's a little bit absurdist. It's a screwball comedy. I really like yeah. that. I like when they just yeah. go, you know, it doesn't matter, we're having fun. Yeah, I was I, I yeah. Front front page is uh is is our winner for sure. Yeah, for us at least, but for us, who I is don't our actual yeah, winner. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Should I should I take a little guess? Have a little guess. Okay. Um I'm just I'm okay. It's I don't think it's East Lynn. My my go to would be Chimaron because from the knowledge we have gathered so far out of like the four years we what three, four years we watched before this. The, that seems yeah. like the kind of thing that did well at the Oscars um, mm-hmm. back then. But let me take a look. I I don't think it's Skippy. I don't think it's Easley. And I I Trader Horn was big, but it seems a little bit too out of pocket to win an Oscar at this point. Still, mm. I'm a little bit thinking maybe the front page, but I also don't see a screwball comedy winning to be fair i, I gotta go with chimaron you're going with chimaron yeah is that your final answer yes uh and the oscar for outstanding production goes to chimaron yeah you got yeah. it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely um, makes sense makes sense yep the first western to win uh, a best picture in fact yeah not only the first western to win a best picture one of only four um this Ooh. is yeah i mean it, it i don't know i feel like it it's a pattern is emerging the only one that doesn't really fit into his broadway melody but they it, i think the oscars just really like the kind of big pictures that are like bombastic you know you, like we had wings and we had all quiet on the western front and now we now we have uh Chimaron, which is all just kind of encompassing yeah. these big stories that yep. sometimes even kind of like in Chimaron kind of uh you know take it a little too far maybe but mm, yeah no I, I get what you mean um... but I think that's also gonna change <laughs> a little bit probably because at least the Oscars now I would say uh yeah not necessarily is... like the big big things yeah it, it is more it's become a little bit more our house I feel like I, I would agree absolutely yeah um so yeah uh Chimaron the first of only four westerns to ever win this award uh, and actually the next one we're not going to get that for almost 60 years oh oh god so the good the bad and the ugly no that's mm, earlier mm. fuck you're gonna you're gonna find out um <laughs> another really quick little interesting thing because yes it's the first western to do this but also it's only a western for like 20 minutes <laughs> True, true. Like, it's not super that first Western-y. scene of it is so that's so iconic that people are going, "Oh, this is a western." Even though you know a lot of it plays in like the late, yeah. late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's a pretty fascinating thing. So though that was our that was those were our Academy Awards this year. Yeah, that was that was um, the the fourth 
Fourth fifth? Academy Awards. Yeah, but the fifth episode. No. The fifth, yeah, but like not really. Fourth episode. Okay. Episode. The first episode we launched was episode zero. So. Yeah, that's true. We're we're counting the fourth episode. We're saying yeah, 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 yeah. Just to keep be consistent. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank you, thank you to everyone who has been listening. Um, as always, we'd like to thank our wives. Yes, and the academy. Um, even though you know. Oh. Uh-huh. They they'll never acknowledge us. <laughs> no, 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 no. We gotta keep fighting. We have we have like eighty more episodes to go. Shit, you're this. right. <laughs> One of them, one of them will reach the academy. <laughs> so yes, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. We'll see you next year in 1932. Thank you for listening to episode four of "I'd Like to Thank My Wife." New episodes are out every last day of the month. If you're looking for something to watch this month, Dijo recommends Barbie, the first movie this year to make him cry. I recommend The Matrix, a classic that upon a rewatch I found to be a perfect balance between campy and food for thought. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our show, and we'll see you next month.